Hello and welcome to 100% Real with Ruby. Today I have here with me Dean Guido. I think I said that right. You got it yes. right. It was good. Yes. Well, yeah, there's, a, there's a story that it doesn't actually matter. It's Guido Guido and it's actually Guido, but I didn't know that till like recently. So like it's whatever, they're all right. Well, there we go. Someone who doesn't even know how to pronounce their own last name. So <laughs> um, today, it's actually really freaking awesome to speak with Dean because I actually started following him forever ago when it came to movement and the way we actually train in the gym, because a lot of the time it's just moving weight from point A to point B without taking into account how we move that way and how breathing comes into it and how form comes into it and how it's not just about moving weight, but moving weight in a way that gets the stimulus we need with the right muscles in the load and how that's all important for getting the results we want out of the training. So I guess I want, because this is going to mainly be a podcast about why we want to eat more to do more. The caveat is muscle is actually really freaking important in this. And there are too many people doing the whole, let's just move more, exercise more to burn a lot of calories. They just focus on the calorie burn. They focus on how little can we eat? How many calories can we burn? And even if they just focus on doing more, 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 they're scared to increase their calories there. But I guess I want to introduce the podcast with why it is so important to have a focus on building muscle where muscle fit, fits into it and allows you to actually eat more carbs, use the carbs better, use your food better, and how it actually leads to more fat loss because you have more muscle and why the scales are a pretty poor indicator of showing long-term health and body composition improvements. Yeah, that the uh, that one's easy. It's like more, more muscle is better. <laughs> there you go. End the podcast. Um, yeah, I guess I guess like, and we'll probably get into this too. Like, I'll like my, my fucking Instagram name is like Walkmore King, and I I realized later, or no, it's King Walk. I don't know. It's 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 one of the two. Anyways, so I get dubbed the walking guy, and then like I talk about walking versus eating less, but like I'm a meathead at heart, and like I'm a hundred percent an advocate for muscle. And so like one of the first things I'll say, like with my clients, a lot of times is like muscle is probably the best long-term investment you could do. It's just that when people do it, they just think, Hey, if I just start working out, like I can eat more calories. And that's usually what it gets reduced down to, which is like, like no, like it, it takes a long time to build, <laughs> to build. And that's why it's important. Cause it's like, it's hard work. And so I don't know where you want to start with it, but I mean, like in terms of eating more, I think that's the conundrum that we get into is that when people are approaching it from a diet centric approach, or they think about calories and all this stuff, a lot of people actually look at it as a calorie burn, which is like not where I even want to attack it with people because like that fucking thing doesn't, how do you quantify that? And that's usually where, like, I don't even like to play that game. So I don't know, I don't know which direction you want to go with that, but we can go on either one of those how muscle is actually so important the actual yeah. part that you said 
Yeah, well, if you want to like, if you want to like look at the logistics of what it is in terms of like long term, it's like yeah, like in terms of metabolism and being a bigger body, you're gonna it, it actually does increase your ability to burn more calories. I think the time frame in which people think it is is the problem, and so that's one of those things where, again, if you don't have that. In a, and again, if we're talking strictly from a diet perspective, right, if you if you go in a calorie deficit and you have no muscle stimulus, and so everyone thinks, hey, if I eat protein, I'm just going to like preserve muscle and, and or build muscle. It's like, no, you need a workout stimulus. And that workout stimulus needs to be probably focused on some sort of building muscle. You're essentially dieting to, to when you go to maintaining calories, eating less than you were eating before. And then that's where everyone gets fucked is that they, they essentially lose muscle in a cut. And or they can't maintain muscle in a cut because they don't actually work out and then they have to eat less to do the same thing. So in, in, in and around that argument, they end up screwing themselves. And so it, from a purely like long-term weight loss perspective in, in our current environment, which now I'm jumping all over the place, is that there's food everywhere. Like I would say most likely more people are going to fail more than often if they just go after less food. And muscle is one of those things when you do it in the long-term, right? and I hate to equate muscle to calories, but in a year or two, if you put on a substantial amount of muscle, like you could eat like, an, and I'm, not, I'm just throwing numbers out, but an extra hundred calories in your top end, which again, that could be the difference maker in terms of someone who can sustain weight loss. And so just on a base level, like long-term and, and equaling calories, that's one of the, probably the most important things. But again, the investment is what I kind of think screws people because the, the amount of time, as you know, to take the build, like, a, like a, a large amount of muscle is like, we're talking years. And so that can deter people because it's easier just to do endless cardio and cut calories. But in terms of preserving that muscle mass, that's where I would start people off a lot of times is like, in a cut, we have to eat less calories in some form or fashion, right? But imagine that you don't lose muscle in that ethically, like that's where it's, it's on the turnaround that it matters the most. And I think that that's what most people do wrong is, is the maintenance or the, the turnaround, I call it, or diet breaks or whatever the fuck you want to call it. But on the back end of it, that's where muscle plays the biggest deal. If we're dealing just strictly nutrition, fat loss, um, dieting long-term. Yeah. That was a long this is no, I, this is why I love you. You go on tangents, I go on tangents, and it actually is something people can follow because it brings in all these important aspects into why this is so important. And I'm finding myself, you know, Dr. Gabrielle Leons, I'm yeah. finding myself sending these little reels that she does about why you need to be muscle centric, not just fat loss focused, because that is what is going to get you the body. And there are so many people just focused on doing as much shit as they can in the gym without real focus on pushing themselves because they're either afraid of getting hurt or they're just afraid of the fact that they're lifting heavy ass weight. But it's like, you can work your way up to that. But if you really want to build muscle, which is something you actually want to do, you're not going to turn into like some she-hulk. Like that's what you, I lift like double my body weight and I'm not a she-hulk yet. Like I'm far from it. It's the most, and like, I know, I know your audience, a lot of it's female, like you're saying at the beginning, but like most guys can't lift in like any reasonable time and look like the Hulk. Like it takes a long time. And like, like, and that's why it's always, it's in years. Like we're talking years of like hard lifting and like you're probably one like you said you you crushed the gym and you haven't doubled inside well I don't know if you doubled but you haven't turned into this thing where like you're a big ball of muscle with no neck and we can't recognize you 
<laughs> I know. Like it doesn't matter. It, it's, that, that's why I show my workouts. Like I'm showing myself lifting heavy. And the other day, <laughs> the other day I shared like my total calorie amount and someone goes to me, how can you eat that much? How does it work? And I'm like, yeah. um, I've been doing this for years. I'm active. I train my ass off and I've been working and building muscle for a long time. Like I'm actually eating around 2,800 now to maintain and build a little. Whereas before I was all like 2,300 to do the same thing. It's like, you need to work your way up there. And we're going to talk about this later when it comes into actually walking more and doing more activity that's more recovery and not so stress focused. But it like we can't talk about that shit without you guys knowing the importance of muscle in this because I will bring up this analogy again. It is like having an engine that you just keep running and that engine was tiny to start with. It's like having a lip balm, think of a lip balm and then think of like a big Vaseline container, even though people don't really put Vaseline on the lips. I do. Think of a big Vaseline container and a little lip balm. It's like running that lip balm versus running that Vaseline container. Like which one is going to sustain it? And it, it, like, well, it, it's the, the cool thing is like, and, and you've done it and it's like easy for us to talk about it as fitness professionals, like, oh, muscle's good. But like, honestly, the best results I've had with people in terms of just, we'll call it any diet problem they have of like, like wanting to eat low calories and all this stuff and, and like food problems, we'll just label it as that shit. Anyone who actually goes through like a year of like trying to put on muscle, like really trying to put it on and like being in a surplus and, and again, having that output and realizing, Hey, I'm at 2,800 calories and I am like having a difficulty, a difficult time putting on weight. Honestly, those people never have issues with like eating too. Like they don't want like it's, it's like, it almost makes the food unpalatable, like everything. Cause you get to the point where like you have to work to eat. And then a lot of these weird problems go away. Cause you, you almost despise food. <laughs> it's, you know what I mean? Like it's a weird spot to be, but it's like the opposite end of the spectrum that no one accounts for. Like, cutting hard sucks and like people long-term dieting who like do it on and off and psychologically that sucks it's at the same time like you, there's a lot of those factors on long-term surpluses and bulks if you do it right it, it, you almost end up being in the middle afterwards it, and a lot of these problems go away because you don't want to be either of them at a certain point and so it's kind of cool because you have to experience that though you have to crush it in the gym like you can't just be on a bulk and not do shit and that's where it gets kind of cool and that that's hard you could do a whole podcast on that but it's kind of cool when you kind of get there i actually love that because it's like not every workout is going to be something that you're going to freaking love and think that it's a dilly dally in the park like this is why the gym this is why the food shouldn't be something that takes up your whole life and your whole focus it's something you go in you get done because you know that that's adding to your life. It's adding to all of these amazing things, but it is not your life. And a lot of people do not look outside of the gym for things that make up life. Like I've spoken about this a lot, add color to your life. If you have nothing happening in your life, that is where everything's spirals down because now it's all about making everything about the gym, living in the gym, adding things to the gym. Oh, but I enjoy the gym. I go there for therapy. Like, yes, it makes you feel better, but it is not therapy. <laughs> you need to actually work on the mindset stuff outside of that. Because if you actually enjoy a higher quality of life, the gym means so much more little to you. If you actually start eating more and more and more because you're doing all of the right things, you don't crave as much. You won't have as much hunger. And I love that you went into this because it's actually part of my next topic. Perfect. But to Perfect. summarize what we just said, 
like the gym, everything we're doing is more than just the freaking scale because the scale does nothing long-term. Cool, it's great in the short term for making sure that you reduce obesity, you're seeing some results, but after a certain point, get rid of that shit. You don't need it. There are so many different metrics that you can track and especially photos, like take a lot of photos. If you want to do measurements, do that too. But I find a lot of the time you might even be getting the wrong spot every single time you measure and you'll just, yeah. So <laughs> getting the average. Well, it's, well, it's tough. Like you said, like, cause you look at like, and, it, and maybe it's just cause the scales had like a bad, I don't know. Everyone's had a bit, the bad time with the scale. So it's like this enemy and like, that's, it, there's no negative connotation and we'll talk about walking and stuff, but there's like usually no negative associations with like lifting and like walking and all these other metrics that it's like the scale is like the fucked up one. And like, it does, like you said, it doesn't even matter at a certain point because once you get to that threshold, it's telling you very little, like in, in the initial stages of fat loss, like, yeah, you need to know, are, are you in a deficit? Yada, yada, yada. But like, there comes a point where that shit doesn't matter. And like, it, that's hard to get to because when you get so fixated on that, it's like your lifeline. But like, if you can get out of that, like that, and that, not to say like you, you have to get out of that. I think it's, it's some people in their environment, it is helpful, but I mean, like, I think most people don't want to weigh themselves every day. Like you probably agree on that. And like, you can, but it like a lot of it has to do with, like you said, lifting and doing all this other shit that has nothing to do with diet. And, but if you don't do that, like, <laughs> you, yeah, we're going to have issues. Like if you can't just, it doesn't magically happen. I love that because like, especially someone who's like starting out and just starting to work out hard again, or starting to actually train properly and not train like a jackass. It's like, you're not going to see any changes on the freaking scale. Like it's, it's, if that's all you're, if that's all you're going to focus on, you're not going to see it straight away. And if that's going to be a marker of failure or success, you've already lost before you've begun. And yeah. Use it at the start, but do you really want to be a slave to that thing every single day? Like there is so much more to it. And that's exactly what we're saying here. Like there's the confidence, there's the life, there's the energy, there's the all-round being a badass when you focus on the holistic picture. But if all you care about is what numbers make you feel like and what those numbers mean to you, which is never really great for a lot of females, you put it so nicely. And in a not nice way of putting it is like you want a scale number like stop eating like you will fucking your scale will drop like that's where like a lot of like i hate to say but a lot of eating disorders end up happening in that end of spectrum and so like i mean like food science isn't that difficult i know like it's nice to talk in simplistic terms it is difficult like environment yada 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 but like in terms of that piece like if that's all that matters like again we run into a lot of problems because again there's so many attachments to it. You got to eat less. You got to weigh and measure. You got to scale and do all this other shit. And like, I think that the helpful thing is, and especially when there's examples like you and, and even clients have been successful is that they can see someone like them that has done it. So they can see themselves doing it. And it's done not via the thing that they thought they came to do, which was eat less and fucking cut calories and weigh and measures to shit. It's like that, that is a starting point for most people, but it's generally not the end point. Like you don't see like, I don't know. You know what I mean? No, that's actually perfect. Like, I don't know whether you saw it, but if anyone on this podcast listening hasn't seen it, you can even see my blog, the links in my Instagram bio, but I put a post in my Instagram where I actually spoke about my story where I went all the way down to 37 kilos in high school 
and I looked like a twig, like a walking twig. And I used to even get called a stop sign. Like I was that skinny. And I don't know whether you saw it or not. No, I didn't see it, but like the, uh, the stop sign is a horror. <laughs> I've never yeah, even I, heard that. I used to get called a stop sign at school because oh. of what I put my body through. And I didn't yeah. see it back then, but like that is what that gets you when, like it's not about having more discipline. Like is that a way to live? That like you want to build your way up from that. And yes, I've been through that, but look at me now. I'm not fat. I'm not obese. I've went through cycles where I actually had to gain a lot of body fat and then strip it off. And that's the thing, like that dream body that you want, the body that I have, the body that Dean has, it's went through periods of eating a lot and building muscle and then shredding it down. But the thing is, after a while, it is so much more easier to maintain that without doing as much work, which is what he's doing now, because he's already been the base. And because this spiral... <laughs> But that, but that, but that, again, that's where it leads to. I think, like, and I don't know if we're going to even touch on it, but like, when you look on a population level and just environment, like, people that don't live in our environment are like that. Like, like that's where the Amish thing comes in. People are farmers and work and do it in like the Hadza and stuff. They don't have the same problems we have. Like, so we're talking about a solution of building muscle, cutting it, being active, walking, which we'll get into, in counting calories and not counting and all that stuff. That's all modern day solutions to like an environmental problem that we're fucking stuck in the world where we don't have to, we don't have to move to make money. We don't even have to move to get food. We don't have to do shit. And so it's, it's not that you have to work out, like go fucking move to a farm and go farm in the middle of a fucking rainforest. You will lose weight and probably be shredded within a year, but like, it's not realistic. And so it's, it's one of those things where the, the solution is, is, essentially doing all the stuff that's hard, but at, at the, the benefit of it is we get to live in probably the easiest time we've ever had to live in, in terms of getting shit done and making money and surviving that could, the cost is we're, we're getting obese. And so it, it's one of those weird conundrums where like, we shouldn't, we have, not that we have to, but building muscle is probably the best solution on top of moving in a sedentary environment. And that's just the fucking reality. And like, if you look at anyone who's, who's in shape or can eat whatever they want or whatever, that person's a busy beaver. There's very few examples of people who sit on their ass all day who, who seemingly can't gain weight. Like it, it's not that prevalent. Again, it's a modern day problem, a modern day solution to like a problem that we have. And that's where it's like, it's hard to kind of get that across because again, this, these are new problems. Like, like fucking the last, what, like 70 years. Like that's not that long in terms of like the, of human history. And that, that's where it's kind of, it gets bigger than that. But everything that you said is kind of one of the better solutions to it other than going to start a farm. <laughs> I, I actually love that. Like it's, it's an environmental problem. I don't know whether it was on that podcast with Ben and Omar, but they were talking about how they were fought. Like, actually, no, I don't think it was. Okay. So there are areas in Australia, there's like two different areas in, a, yeah. in Australia. One is like around Bondi where it's like an active beach. Everyone's really fit and stuff. If you look around, because the businesses there that were like Macca's, KFC, all the fast food joints, they were going broke because no one was shopping there because it's an active environment. So what did they yeah. do? They shoved all of those fast food restaurants into the West because yeah. the west of New South Wales is where everyone just goes there, gets fat, eats all this shit. It is not an active population. People Ooh, want quick yeah. and easy. And it is a you are a product of your environment. And yeah, okay, it's hard at first, 
But the thing is, people think that they have to give up all of these things for life, which is what we're going to talk about later, where you can create a buffer to eat all of these things. Like if, if you're not able to fit in some chocolate, to fit in some ice cream, to fit in something you love into 2,500 calories, into 2,800 calories, that is a mindset problem. That is not a food problem. You don't go to food to fit a mindset problem. But that's the thing. Like you can fit that shit in. It is not about good and bad food. It is about what you do majority of the time, making sure that you fit your bases. Now into the next question, because all of this fits into this, step one for fat loss, be mentally and physically in the right place for it. Step two, actually do the shit the right way so you don't gain it back. Some people can go aggressive if step one is taken care of, but here's a reality. Low calorie diets aren't really things that people can stick to. Definitely not long enough anyway. And this is where, like we were speaking about, the worst relationships with food, with your body, with your image, with the scale, the hunger, the cravings, less life quality, social life quality, poor sleep, poor hunger, more sacrifices. (laughs) Like I can go on. Like, is that a way you want to live? Or do you want to actually live in abundance? And living a higher quality life, it is important to realize that actually exercising and doing more demands, the demand and supply chain, this is what I think you freaking be able to just ramble on about. If your body is in demand of more energy because you're trying to make it do more, both in the gym, but with walking, with physical activity, it is actually going to have to create more energy. It's going to have to do its chemical processes inside your body, like blood, whatever it is, oxygen, blah, 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 to be able to create that energy. So if you're feeling like shit, actually make yourself do the activity because then your body will start to adapt to it given everything else is in place. Yeah, like it ends up being like in the scientific, I don't even know if it's scientific. It's like the high flux versus low flux. So like how you describe it, it's like if you eat more and do more, you're in higher energy flux. So I mean, like more calories are in, more calories are out and less calories in less calories out that would be low flux and i always like explain to it and I, you have coach you have coaches that listen but you, you'll have um end users that will listen it's like which and i use chad as an example so i'll use i'll use chad because like <laughs> there's chads and karens so that those are always my examples so you're chad and you're karen i'm, I'm sorry but just the first name that came to my mind and they were ex-clients so it's perfect oh. um, and they both so it's fine. <laughs> but like, which Chad do you want to be? Do you want to be the Chad that's in a calorie deficit? Like, so you're trying to lose weight, right? Let's just say we're trying to lose weight. We won't go in the muscle building part just yet, but which Chad do you want to be? Do you want to be 3000 calorie Chad in a 500 calorie deficit? Or do you want to be fucking 2000 calorie Chad on 500 calorie deficit? And like, like those are the two examples that I always use because everyone who's in the 2000 calorie range, they can do it for a while, but that looks like chicken breast and rice and white fish and broccoli forever. And it's not forever, but you know what I mean? Or can you have those same things plus fuck ice cream and KFC once a week? Well, like it's an easy choice to make on that end, but in order to be 3000 calorie Chad, there has to be an output system. And that's kind of exactly what we were talking about before with building muscle and doing whatever I choose to push walking and I've taken flack for, Oh, like you can, like they could run and they could do all that other stuff. Yeah. You can fucking do whatever you want, but output has to come up at some point in, kind of like we were talking before the podcast, there's, there's a certain amount of things like, like you work out really hard. So like, do you have to walk as much No, as someone who doesn't work out as hard, but if you only work out twice a week, not that hard, probably the easiest way to get it is the walking. But the basis is if you can get output up 
input's going to come up with that. And you can still be in a deficit, but now you're starting from a place that, and I'm throwing random numbers out, but if you're going to diet, you're starting at a place 500 calories higher than where you would have if you were on the low calorie diet. Well, 500 calories goes a long way, especially if you're ready for change. It's not going to be perfect. Like it's still going to be hard work, like, but it's a pick your poison scenario. Do you want a little bit more food? Well, that comes with that, that could be eating out or ice cream or whatever, and still be able to diet. The cost of that is you've got to work harder and dub that whatever you want. Like we, we'll go into the walking thing, but you have to work harder in some aspects, right? And, and that's hard logistically, right? If you work and you're on your ass eight hours a day, you basically have four hours to get two hours of activity. Like that's, that's hard on some people with kids and all that stuff. So, but to pick your poison scenario, if you can't get that and you're not willing to do that, then you have to lower calories, which again, comes with its own set of problems. And we, we named them bad sleep, bad recovery. You're hungry all the time. It's psychologically hard. Can you do it? Absolutely. I could a hundred, I a hundred percent know I could do it. I just don't fucking want to. And most people don't want to, even though they think they do, they will change their mind after four weeks. And so my argument is that the harder poison to take would be the more physical activity one than the, the, the less eating. And that's kind of where it gets reduced to walk more versus eat less. If you go on my Instagram, but really walk more is, is, is a metaphor it's not a metaphor. It's actually a legit thing, but it's more representative of more output versus less input. And I, I, I think hundred percent, like, and I will fight this. This is the hill I'm dying on right now. I, I'm open to change, but uh, I'm really not secretly is that I think that that person will win out if they get more out, output. Again, yeah, harder, you know that less, like it's like yeah. your last post on your Instagram was, it's not that you're not losing weight on less calories. It's that you're not yeah. tracking your calories properly. Like that's the thing. A lot of people yeah. blow their diets on the weekend, on Friday nights. They blow it when they go on date night. They can't say no to something that a loved one cooked them. You have more buffer space. You're able yeah. to fit more of this shit in if you move more. And nor, yeah, and nor should you. Like, I mean, this is what, and so like, again, maybe we can talk from experience, right? And like someone will be like, no, I could say no to all that stuff. And like, you know what? I believe that there's people that can do that. 100%. I just think that their life looks like shit. Uh, so this is a whole nother rant. But again, I don't want people to have to do that. If you're starting from a coaching perspective and like, got to stop drinking, got to stop eating out. You know, when you go to mom's place for Christmas, like you got to fucking bring a scale in your own food. Like, honestly, that doesn't seem like something that'll be successful. I don't care who you are. Like no one's really doing that. Like you said, can they do it? Absolutely. Is everyone counting correctly? That's the other, we didn't even talk about that, but like, are people even measuring weighing things properly when they have zero education in food and any of that stuff? Probably not. And so that's another logistical problem that comes with that is like, there's a huge education process, to even understanding what's in food, little on what's in a restaurant meal. And so again, <laughs> and, and I, I just assume that those things are going to happen right? Because I've dealt with enough people and I've, I've lived in the same world is that you're probably going to overeat or, or not calculate properly, probably within like five or 600 calories. So like, that's where, if I was just to pick one for the rest of my life, I'm going to probably pick more, more activity right or wrong. That's kind of where I'm going with it because of all those reasons. Now, could you, as a bodybuilder, like you, you could probably, you, you cut and counted calories and it ended poorly, but you could a hundred percent do it. Like I could, I know I could weigh and measure everything and I'm good at it, but like, fuck that. Yeah, like, <laughs> even me right now, like, because I'm, am getting a lot more of my activity in and like, I train freaking hard and this is another thing I'll bring up soon as well, but I track my food, but 
if I want to swap something out here and there, or if I have a little bit of an extra, like an extra little thing in something, I don't bother tracking that shit because I have buffer space. Like I make like your calories that you are on, especially in maintenance, which is why you should live most of your life at maintenance and not in a fat loss phase. But when you are at maintenance or building, you have a massive calorie buffer. And I do that pretty occasionally where I have something a little bit extra or I swap something here and there that is similar calories, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less, but it hasn't impacted my body whatsoever. And you they get research, buffer space. They've researched that. You, I don't know if you looked at it, but like on the overfeeding studies, and this is kind of what I use in part of my presentation is that like they over, so like everyone thinks more food means they're going to get fat. Like in, in that, honestly, the, that is true without a lot of things. So, I mean, you can definitely get fat overeating. So like, let's, that's, that's true. But on the overfeeding, it's not as simple as that. So what they did was essentially, I think it was eight weeks, but they fed people a thousand calories every day over their, we'll call it maintenance. So they were in a surplus of a thousand calories and this was lab controlled and they had doubly labeled water, which is just the gold center. And the point is they, they fed them a thousand calories. So imagine they went to fucking KFC every day. And that's not the case. They gave them a thousand calories, but not everyone gained weight in the beginning some and you'll see if you look at the plot graph there's people who actually lost weight by eating more and that's that buffer system you're talking about and so there's there's obviously outliers but again they didn't start gaining weight till i think like week three and four their metabolism started slowing down but initially it went up right so more food again physiologically there's more energy going out they didn't track meat they didn't track anything but a lot of times if people eat more they end up doing more anyways unconsciously now, if you actually track it and measure it, you can just fucking go lift more or go walk more. But what I've found observationally is that those outliers in that study look a lot like my people who have output systems already in the system. So like they'll, they'll, they're already busy beavers. They walk a lot. They track in that and or they lift a lot or both. They're all the people that when we go to maintenance, I give them fucking 300, 400 more calories and they lose weight initially, right? They lose weight for like three weeks. And you're like, what the hell happened? Well, that's kind of where this buffer system and, and this variability is that people are going to react differently in these studies. But like, I find that those outliers are, are the people that you can, you can kind of almost be an outlier by just kind of increasing your output and having that in there. Now, again, that's not studied, but like the point of the overfeeding study is that it's possible and everyone reacts differently. But what I find is if you can get into maintenance with an output system, that's awesome. Again, that buffer zone becomes a lot because maintenance isn't just, Hey, I lost weight on fucking 1700 calories and my maintenance is 2000 calories. We both know that who the fuck knows where it is. It's a, it could be 21, 39 or 22, 22, but let's just say you increased your movement more. Like now it's 2300 calories. We don't know. And then if you add more food to the equation, now all of a sudden you're lifting 135 for five instead of four and you're walking 3000 steps more. Well, now you're, you just move the goalposts and you can kind of go through that process. I find a lot of times with some people, fuck like five, six, seven, eight, nine hundred thousand calories sometimes where we almost move the goalposts where maintenance was this and over time it became this. That's cool. Yeah, not everyone and that takes like that takes work, but that's where that that can be be helpful because that, that buffer system is work. moving the goalposts. <laughs> But I want to highlight that work part. Like it takes work, it takes patience. Like literally put your freaking patient pants on. Yeah. And, and, and so I, I do it in like, so I'll do it in a month. Like I want to raise calories and I'll see what it looks like in a month. So like maintenance for me is like, I try to get people to increase output and then increase calories over months. But again, like I don't, what I find is that people that don't have, they don't move a lot, they're sedentary and they don't lift. They don't get that story. A lot of times it's like you, it, maintenance looks like, Hey, I went from 1300 calories to 
1600 calories and that's it. Like that's not that much, but if you can kind of increase it, like they end up being fine. So it, it's one of those things where it can pick your poison. Yeah. And like, so the people who gain all their weight back a lot of times, again, they, they, a lot of times, not every time they look like the people that aren't doing that much. And so that's the person who failed on the diet. Like, well, I lost all this weight. And then I stopped the diet and I gained all the weight back. Usually those people don't do that much. And like, it's nothing against them. It's just like, if I was to take objective measures and measure you against someone who didn't gain the weight back, I can probably almost fucking guarantee <laughs> that if same age, same everything, same story, that person probably does more, whether it's they lifted more or walked more or ran or whatever. Like, again, you, you don't get that story unless you're sedentary a lot of times. Like, I, yeah. And this is why, this is why the gym and this, well, home gym, yeah, this whatever. Is, this is why muscle yeah. is so important. Like, you can move yeah. all that you want, but is that going to be realistic forever? Like, no. And your metabolism does not slow down as you age. It does not slow down as you age. You lose muscle mass as you age. You lose activity as you age. Like, freaking build muscle. All of this, everything we're saying right now is not really useful except for the obese, obese, but without actually having muscle. Like, you need to build muscle. You need to train hard. You need to build muscle. You need to build muscle. Did I say that? You need to build yeah, muscle. Yeah, or, or, or like... Or like you said, go to the, like, got to move out of the inner city to the fucking really active communities and like live there. Because like, like, again, it's, it's, it's envi- like it, and a lot of these stories are people in the environment where they don't have, it's an easy choice to overeat. Like you don't see that in, in, in certain areas, in certain uh, uh, populations because they don't have the choice. Like it's, it's so like when they don't have the choice, it's not really an issue, but most of us and probably everyone listening it's like I can order pizza. I, I can order a fucking coffee and, and breakfast sandwich right now. Uh, I don't know if you have DoorDash or Uber Eats or whatever in Australia or whatever the fuck you really, yeah. Like I can get food right now. I can get 1200 calories delivered to me. And because I'm a, a WestJet credit card holder, I, I don't get any delivery fees. So it's like, it's just like, like what? But that's the problem. That's what we're fighting. And so again, like you said, the best thing is output, but muscle is probably number one on that list uh, with walking. And so it's like, that's your choice or like, don't eat, don't ever eat out again. Like, and I, that's like a very like one end of the spectrum to the other, but like, that's kind of what people need to hear. It's like that or don't eat out ever again. Yeah. It's like, I put this post up. I'm probably going to end up reposting it when this goes up, but a lot of women are more scared of eating 2000 calories than they are of all of the negative things we just said while eating 1200 calories it's just like you're willing to do a freaking water fast like are you out of your mind like what's gonna happen after that shit you're gonna eat the whole pantry and then just gain fat back while you lost muscle like come on that is ridiculous and this is where like that whole you have like 3500 calories equals one pound of fat like no your body has mechanisms to actually upregulate your activity so most of the time It doesn't just work that way, which is exactly what Dean was talking about, which is why I wanted to highlight when someone speaks in absolutes like, oh, you need a 500 calorie deficit. Oh, you need a 350 calorie deficit or 300 calorie deficit for this. It's like, no, it does not work that way. You are individual. Your body will respond individually to either overfeeding or underfeeding. You need to recognize that. And this is why it's important to have a coach so you don't just follow numbers and then kind of like go. That's dictated by environment. So like, 
are people going to upregulate exercise if they're sitting on their ass nine hours a day? Like, no, they don't even have the option. But if you're someone who works out and you go to the gym, I can sure shit tell you your workouts are going to get better. And then you're going to upregulate, we'll call it. And so like you'll get like, and that's where like setting yourself up. And even if we're not even talking about muscle, just having something set up, whether it's a walking group or what, that sounds so stupid. Don't have, don't. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you have stuff set up to do, like now we're talking, but if you don't have those options, again, your body's going to do the easiest thing. So it's like, I don't know. That's where even, even just the attempt to go to the gym and like, you don't even care about muscle is like, you'll probably do more if you eat a little bit more. Now, that, now I'm kind of territory, but the upregulation thing is true. Right. And you can gamify that, but you don't get that. If you, if that's not something you do, like you're not just going to eat and go upregulate everything. Like you will a little bit, but the people who do well with the upregulation and those are the outliers are always the people that have shit to do. Or they're already someone who's active. And that's why you don't get that story unless you're fucking doing that shit. Like you. Right, it's actually it's, like, think about this is why focusing on getting strong AF is important because yeah. the stronger that you are, like I'm on a hypertrophy phase right now. And the reason why I hypertrophy as in like in muscle building, as in I do a lot of high volume in my workouts, like a lot of reps, a lot of sets, that's just for now. And then I'm moving back into strength again because you need to periodize your training like you periodize your nutrition. Like that's how it works. You go through a lot of reps to a lot of less reps and a lot of weight kind of thing. Like that's the way that it works. So you have to embrace the suck. Like I am sometimes of like doing more reps but the thing is now I'm doing it at like the, just, just to throw numbers out there, like doing 80 kilos of a Romanian deadlift for 15 reps versus doing like just a 20 kilo bar. Like that is going to have more metabolic demand. And by the end of that, I will actually have a greater, like a greater stimulus into my metabolic furnace than if I was just like flipping around like a fairy with weights, like Getting stronger makes you actually burn more within that so that you don't always have to do lots and lots and lots of walking. Like muscle, strength, it is like an amplifier of everything we're talking about. Like I would say like probably when I was walking the least, because this was before COVID and when I was trying to get to 242. So I put on like 22 pounds in like a year and a half. And we used ultrasound at Ben House's place because I went between trips. And so I had like three trips of ultrasound and I put on about like within like room air, like nine to 12 pounds of muscle at a 22. So like quite a bit, like, and I'd never done a hypertrophy phase in my life. because so I was always powerlifting or, 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 and I was in sports. So it was like more a strength weight ratio thing. And I had never eaten more food than that point of my life doing six days of like high volume, high frequency lifting. Like, and I was tired as shit. Like it was awful, but like I had to eat, I, I was losing weight initially. So like, I was like trying to gain weight and I went from 3,500 calories to about 38, 3,900 calories. I started losing weight. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? That's that up regulation you're saying. Cause I had the output system to do it. Yeah. Then I had to go to 4,000 and I, I started just my weight didn't start going. I had to go to 4,400. So I had to almost feel like a thousand calories over to start moving the needle. And then it fucking went. But like, I, I hated eating at that point. Like, like my maintenance right now, if I just don't think about eating is probably somewhere between like 3000 and 3,500 calories. Like that's me not counting, but I've counted it. And so me not thinking that's where I'm eating and I won't eat budge. I have to eat a thousand calories over that. I hate food at that point. Like I fucking hate it. And so like, but that's, that's where you could be. So if I liked ice cream and pizza and shit, like that's, I would literally just eating that shit all day. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to get enough food in out of clean eating 
when you're at that high of a level. Now, not everyone's going to be there, but a version of that for someone is like, I don't have any problems eating out. I was like, well, I kind of have to eat out because if I don't, I can't get the food in. And so my problem was I couldn't, I needed to be in our environment to get the food. Cause if I, if I didn't, I went to Ben's place in Costa Rica, I lost weight because we're eating fucking like, like bananas and rice and clean beef and all these like fresh veggies and fruit. Like I couldn't even eat enough. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that's the thing. Before I started this volume phase, I was on, I was maintaining on 26 and then I bumped yeah. it up to 28 and I'm still maintaining. Like my body hasn't really changed. If anything, I feel like I haven't really gained a thing. So I'm probably going to be bumping my food up to 3000 very soon. And for a very small female, that is a lot, but that yeah, is not true. like, like my walking hasn't changed. My walking has always been around 15,000 to 18,000 on most days, but that's only because I work and walk. Like this is, we're going to talk about practical steps afterwards, but Honestly, if you say that you can't get your steps in, get a friggin' $200, $300 walking treadmill and actually start doing shit at your desk because it is going to change your life. It's going to change your health. It's going to allow you to eat more carbs. It's going to allow you to bring your blood pressure down, your blood sugars down, control diabetes. It's going to do so much for you, which I'm actually going to get Dean to talk about some more health benefits after that little rant. You, you nailed it. <laughs> you got all of them. There is so much more to it, like mental capacity. Like it, it does so much for you just getting in that extra activity and it makes you live longer. But that always stayed the same. Yet I was able to eat 300 extra calories, about to be 500 extra calories. Like that shit is from training hard with heavy ass weight. Like it, w- it wouldn't be the same if I didn't have the strength because I wouldn't be lifting as much weight for the same amount of volume that I'm doing. And this is why muscle is so important because I haven't turned into a hole. So I guess this is why the abundance model is so important and why high flux is so important, but like, it's not just about eating more food. We never once spoke about protein and protein is like the key thing here. The key thing here. I try not to start with food. So like, again, I deal with weight loss clients, generally general pops, and you can, you can apply this model to powerlifters and strength athletes and stuff too. Um, but a lot of times their, their problem is like getting enough food. in. so like, again, the first world problems. So it's like a different set of problems, but with most people, I'm just trying to get them to pick up whatever they can and almost not even go after food first and just explain it to them that like, I, I try to get on their side first by saying, I don't want to be the guy that cuts calories because most of them come from a background of, they think they're coming to cut calories. And then you flip the narrative on them where you're like, yeah, like we're just going to eat whatever, like 1600 calories. If it's like a female, they're like, what? That's way too high and stuff. But you almost change their mind immediately. I send them a few resources and then they start walking and they go to gym and they're like, I'm losing weight, eating 1600 calories. Like what the fuck is going on? And then I, I got them sold. But it's, it's one of those things where I don't even like to talk about food in the more or even less. Like I, I say, eat more, do more, all that shit. But I just want them to realize it's not about less. It doesn't have to be about less food. And that's huge. And that's, that's the, again, leads to the conversation about muscle. And, and, but some people don't care about that. So it's like, I just need them to do something because they have to have something else because you're not going to get it reading more. And yes. that's like, a problem. Think about a Pop-Tart or a donut or something, like yeah. a 200 calorie thing. If you throw that donut like actually imagine a donut that actually might work versus saying a drop in the ocean, throw that donut into the ocean. Like it makes a little splash, throw that donut into a fish bowl. Like you displace most of the water 
That is what you're doing on a body that doesn't move a lot to a body that's actually yeah. moving a lot. And it's, it's not like, and I've gotten this argument before with people that like, like, is this for strength athletes and called hybrid athletes or whatever? And it's like, yeah, like you walking more, you could probably get away without walking more. Okay. But like, if you're someone who's not us and, and I would, I would totally want you to do that. Like go build the most amount of pos- muscle possible. But like, let's just say you're busy, you have fucking two kids and a busy job, like two days a week and you're crushing the gym. Hell yeah. That's where walking comes in. It's like, it can, it's the easy, low intensity thing that you're good. Like that can, you can do and adds up over time and not to say, Hey, go get a walking treadmill. You have no excuses, but the walking treadmill ends up being one of those things where you can kill two birds with one stone at a fairly low investment. Considering what most people spend their money on, I have no problem saying that it's probably a way better investment than half the shit you tried that doesn't work. And again, gives you that solution and then makes food not a problem. And like, I guess like this flipping the narrative thing comes with people already have enough problems with food. Like they already have the relationship problems with food. The second you start like not giving a shit about that, like things change real fast. And obviously food matters. Like I'm not the guy that says food doesn't matter. Calorie, like they fucking matter. But that donut's not a problem anymore, which is kind of what you were saying is that, and that donut could be the single reason why they fail at their diet. Cause the simple fact they can't have that donut fucking wrecks them psychologically. It's like, now you're in restriction. You, you just put yourself in this box. That's not necessarily even true if you do these things. And I think that once people realize that and they realize that they can't have the donut, they don't even want the donut anymore. It's, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, they, 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 like I don't care about the donut. Just the fact you said I couldn't have it, it fucking now I'm going like schizo, psycho. Oh, and like, I love that so much. No, bring that back to when I was comp prepping. Like if for those of you who haven't listened to any other podcast, when I was actually doing my figure comps, all I could think about was freaking cinnamon, cinnabons and bloody yeah. like lamingtons and all of these gorgeous things. But it's like, as soon as I actually finished the comp and reverse, not really reverse, jumped straight up to maintenance, but the, 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 it's just, it's just terminology. But as soon as I reversed and started eating maintenance, I didn't even, I don't, I have not eaten a single cinnabon since then. I probably had one lamington, but that was like two years later because as soon as I started eating more, I didn't want any of that shit anymore. And this is the thing, like, if you actually think of the fishbowl and the ocean while you were talking, I just realized, like, think that actually is what happens. If you are this small fishbowl and you have a donut, you just displace most of the water for the day. You're going to suffer hunger and cravings if you still have to keep yourself in a deficit. But if you have all this water to play with and you throw a donut into it, you still have plenty to actually fit into that because that donut is still going to lead to you being hungry afterwards. You're still going to crave afterwards. You're going to crave more food after that because of the way that sweet foods have their cascade effect in the brain. And also the fact that now you're wanting more sweet. Like it's that, it's that thing. Like you, you just traded off, traded off a high protein, high satiating meal for a tiny little donut. That's where like, if this is where the muscle building thing, but again, I don't always have the luxury of keeping people long enough or even people wanting to do that for like all the reasons why you're saying at the beginning, people are scared of getting big and all this shit. But if I can get someone through like, and I was looting, I was saying this before, uh, like a muscle building phase where they have to go through a surplus, kind of like the situation I was in where like, I have to eat fucking takeout <laughs> to be in a surplus they don't, all the problems that they have with craving all this stuff, they'll never want to eat that again. That's not completely true. But when they go through that, it's like this thing switches in their brain. It's like, oh, I get it now. But you can't get it unless you get there. 
And like, that's the cool part is if you can get someone to actually like sign on, co-sign on being a surplus and building muscle and having to eat probably more food consistently than they ever have. Not just, Hey, I ate a lot one day at a wedding and it was, it was glorious. It's like when you have to consistently eat 500 calories more than we'll call maintenance, like that's a lot of food when you, when you, now you're four weeks deep into it. And I can guarantee you, like, you won't want Cinnabons. You'll, you'll need Cinnabons to get like your calories in, but <laughs> you have to be like, it's not going to be an issue anymore. There's not going to be this Cinnabon on your mind all the time. And like, that's kind of cool. And again, if you can experience that, it's super helpful. Again, not everyone's going to get to that point, but like, that's where coaches can be helpful, but doing and being part of this lifestyle part of it, that's where I find like, even just for general population, if they can just go through like a surplus building phase or like a muscle building phase and get into the gym and like the gym enough to do that, that experience alone changes people quite, quite a bit in my experience. It, it honestly does. And going back onto that type of food, it's like, I'm almost up to 3000 calories right now. My dinner is 1100 calories, like 1100 calories. If I asked you, what do you think my dinner is? And it's my favorite meal and I've eaten it for freaking months. It's just that now I'm having like double it. What would you think it is? Like, it's not pizza. It's not freaking like chipotle or whatever the hell. It's it's tuna bake. It's tuna. It's rice. It's veggies. It's cheese. It's my favorite meal ever. And it's just this it's a normal meal. Like you stop wanting to crave all of these big things. You stop trying to fit all this shit in because you know how good you feel eating these good foods and you actually fall in love with them because your taste buds change. Like there, I, I actually would rather eat that than eat pizza. Like I love that meal. But the thing is it's 1100 calories. Like if I wanted to swap that meal for a meal out, if I was to have a meal out, I can actually enjoy myself. I have 1100 calories to play with. And that's, that's the part like where we'll just use muscle and uh, even, yeah, even without the output, just muscle as that, like two years down the road, you're that person, like the ability to have that logistical problem is nice. Where if you're, if you're not, if you're not that, you don't really get that choice. If you eat out and go for pizza, there's three quarters of your calories. If you're the same size that you are, like, like I deal with a lot of five, like under five foot four females. Okay. Like, five foot two, you're five foot one and a half. Yeah. 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 So in like, I'm six foot and like, I, I've built muscle my whole life, but I could, I basically that asshole who can eat whatever he wants. Okay? Restaurants make the same meal for us, except for the difference is like, I, 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 in reality, I can eat two to three of those meals a day. You get one and your calories are toast for the day. And like, that's just the simple fact of life. And that's the reality. And so the one factor, especially, and I'm not going to say, especially for females, but again, I deal with a lot of females just in the nutrition space is that, that, that offers them some choices which again, the world and the environments kind of, it's, it's not, it's not in their favor, unfortunately. Like they, they don't make five foot one portion sizes in the restaurant. Like here's, the small, here's, the, here's the short female version of, of the menu. Like they don't have that, unfortunately. And so like that kind of fucks you. So you, you, you need to fight back with, with muscle. They don't it's, take it's like the five foot one version of fast food restaurant. Yeah. I love that so much. That's hard. You, <laughs> you don't get it. Like, in the, but like, you know what I mean? Like those things people don't think about when they're dieting, right? It's just a meal out. Well, you know what? A meal out for a six foot three guy who has a hundred pounds to lose, like it's, it's very little in his, in, in the process. Like, and that's where it's like, unfortunately, smaller females get screwed. Like, and that's just, it's just the reality of it. It's, but 
as you can see, as a representative, like you're eating damn near as many calories as I am right now. So like, it's pretty cool. Like it's hundred percent possible. And like, it's not like you did anything like people can't do. Like you showed up, you did the work and it took years, but like, it's not impossible. Like you, you're not a, you may be a superhuman a little bit, but like, I think that that story is hundred percent. Anyone could get that if they really, if they really did want it. Like I, I've been doing this for like six years and that's the thing a lot of people don't realize. Like I can't, I didn't even realize it was six years until I did the calculation. So that one ago, like, it feels like I'm, feels like I'm just doing this shit now. Like it's not something I think about. Whereas when people start out, it's like, they don't realize the amount of time it comes into it. There's two things you need, patient pants and trust shoes. You need to trust the process. You need to walk in like steps of faith that you're doing the right thing. If you have a coach, you are doing the right thing. If you don't, you're probably doing the wrong thing, but you could be doing the right thing. So, you know, just like get some, get some guidance, but patient pants, because this shit takes time. Like Dean is doing jujitsu, which is a massive caloric output, but he doesn't, he doesn't have the energy capacity. We're going to talk about how stress fits into this to like sum it all up, but he doesn't have that extra stress buffer either because he now has a child to look after. And there's also the fact that, yeah, okay, you might might be able to run, but that isn't active recovery. That isn't doing anything for your recovery. That could actually be taking away, especially as a female. We're highly stressed. What's the lowest cost thing that you can do? Walk. What's the lowest cost stress activity that you can do? What's actually something that can relieve that stress? Walk. Listen to a podcast while you're walking. Listen to music while you're walking probably listen to a podcast while you're walking because you can get education in the meantime. But like you need to realize that whatever you do, you need to balance it up with stress. And that's kind of how I want you to like sum up the podcast in, I guess, where stress fits into this and how you need to be able to balance the fact that, okay, you need to actually have enough stimulus on your muscle because that's the most important thing. But then there's this walking thing, but then you also need to realize that there is a point where you need to question the inputs of stress, make sure that you're eating enough carbs. If you are training, like fuel your training, but sometimes running, sometimes chucking in like a hit workout works against you and why walking is actually the superior of those in such an environment. Yeah. The good way to sum it up would be like, like there's a negative to this. So like, if you went like, you're like, Oh yeah, I'm inspired. I listen to this thing. I'm going to be the best walker in the world. I'm going to be in the gym six days a week. Like, fuck this. I'm changing my life. It's like, I'd be like, ah, there is a negative to this. You can do too much. Right. And it, it, again, it's, it's individual context, but not everyone's going to have kids and, and a job and whatever. But for that person who's busier and has more, we'll call it life stress. Like, like you see it running and burning themselves in the ground and and walking the most might not be the right solution. It might be somewhere in the middle and that's where less food can be helpful, right? You can diet because you can't get this many steps. You can get this many and you can get two workouts a week. You know what? You're probably, if you want to lose weight, you're going to have to eat a little less food. So more isn't always better if you can't support it. And that's where, like, if you were to choose between, like, so I, I did jujitsu and I think we started this off and I'll, I'll start this off by saying, I, I wanted to test the limits of this whole do more, eat more thing. And like, I, I was totally honest. Like I, I walked way too much. Like I, my jujitsu schedule skyrocketed. I had a kid and my life stress went up and I was walking like on my work days. So like four days a week ish, 
um, was about 27,000 steps because <laughs> I was walking and working, right? And that, that's a lot. And I kept getting sick on like my heavy jiu-jitsu days, like literally every week or two, I would be sick. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And more or less, like I was doing too much. And the one thing that I didn't want to drop, well, a few things I didn't want to drop. Obviously, I'm not going to drop my kid. I'm not going to drop work and I'm not going to drop jujitsu. I liked it too much. Right. And so walking took a hit. So I talk about walking all the time, but walking was the one thing I could reduce the volume so that I re could recover, but you can do something too much is kind of like what we we're saying. And in terms of benefit cost ratio, if you don't have that problem, right. Walking is so low intensity that for a lot of people, if they're not busting their ass completely in the gym all the time, like let their bust in a little bit, walking can kind of make up that difference but you can't push everything to its max and that, that, that no matter what you do. And so there's a lot of people who can work out tons and they probably don't need to walk that much. Like you can look at endurance bikers for that. They're biking for three, four hours at a time runners. You know what? They probably don't need to walk that much. They're probably good. But if you're not that person and you're going two days a week as opposed to six, you know, walking is going to help. And that's where, again, coaches are helpful because most people, especially when they're the real gung ho about it, they're the people that I always go to crazy. So I'm that person. And what I see a lot of times, the people that are really excited or really type A's, they'll take some of these concepts and, and run with them almost to the breaking point. And there is a negative to this. You can under eat in the scenario and not eat enough. You can overeat and get too much and then have to walk more, but then fatigue catches up because at a certain point, food's not going to help you recover from way too much high intensity workouts or sprints or jujitsu, right? So there's a fatigue ratio. And so there's a lot of things we're trying to juggle. And as with anything, like make sure you can recover. And that's going to be a mixture of rest, your type of training you're doing, how much neat you get can definitely impact it. You walk a lot when you start, like you can still get tired walking. Uh, again, I don't know what else, there, there's life stress, managing life stress. So like life there's- yeah. And like, and not every, some people think that they have their worst life in the world and they're actually not that stressed. They're just, they're just not eating enough. But at the same time, like look at the reality. If you have three kids and, and you're a single mom and I'm using that as an extreme, but like, you know what, you're not going to be in the gym six days a week. You're probably going to be in the gym twice. So if you can afford a walking treadmill, that might be the solution. If you can go for a walk, but that might not be the solution. Then it's like, there's some situations where you, again, having another set of eyes can be helpful, but that's where the individual matters and, and the solution matters and the environment matters. And so, but there is a negative to this is kind of what I'm getting at. And you have to use your brain. Like it's not, we talk about it in simplistic terms, like it's a lot of work, but a lot of work can sometimes can dig a hole where now this thing isn't working. And so it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but for the most part, I would definitely say it's probably more sunshine and rainbows than most effects, which from eating less, this is where like, I'll kind of go back to this is like, I'll still argue that, doing more is better than eating less in almost every single scenario. I freaking love food. I couldn't agree more. Like, honestly, yeah. I don't, like, I could, I didn't like, like, even on 2,400 calories, I hated that. Like, I'm at 2,800 and I still want double of everything that I eat. Like, I will have a bread roll, like my amazing big bread roll, and I still want a second. Like, I love food. So this is where the whole, you need to make sure that your environment and what you're doing suits your personality and it might not always be reasonable. And this is where smart food choices come in as well. Like every single thing that you pick to eat has a trade-off. Okay, cool. You want to get something from bloody like Macca's or whatever the hell. You want to get a burger. McDonald's. You guys don't like speaking in slang. Aziz are all about slang. Is this like an Australian thing? <laughs> Mackey's. Mackey's is 
McDonald's. Yeah, we usually say Macca's. We say Avo. People think that Avo means avocado, but it's like, no, it means afternoon. But <laughs> it's like we you, we have to give up a big meal for a small burger. Like there are things that you have to give up for these smaller meals, and that just leads to more hunger. So it's about smart food choices. It's about making sure that the, the quote that I thought of while you were talking is you need to work out what your bottleneck is. What is your bottleneck? Is it that you're not moving enough? And if you're getting under 5,000 steps a day, freaking move your ass. Like yeah. you're not doing anything good for your health. You're not doing anything good for your life expectancy, right? Like freaking move your ass, honestly. <laughs> like try to get it to at least 8,000 8, steps. Like that's like the minimum that you should be trying to get. And yeah, and like I hear arbitrary step numbers, but like you said, like they now have, like it's, it's pretty, research is pretty clear at this point. We're talking about fat loss and, and eating more food and gaining muscle. But like, if you walk, like, I think it's like the threshold was like after like CDC has people walking in North America, like 4,500 steps is kind of on average, which is like shit. Um, and all the health benefits and like all cause mortality. So basically I can live longer and don't get disease is like 6,000 plus, but every thousand steps just keeps fucking climbing. Like I think all the way up to like, 12,000 steps. So basically get over 8,000 and not only will you get all the benefits we're talking about, but you'll probably live longer too. So if that matters to you, like that's where that's backed by research. So fucking although it helps you live longer. Hey, it's the wife and it's the husband. You will live longer, but if you have muscle, you will live a longer, but better, but stronger life without having all the issues that come with it. Cause you're stronger too. Like husband, wife, walk more, live longer, train and build muscle, live more and live better but then if the bottleneck is that you love food hey you got the perfect couple that's the <laughs> I, put, I put a tweet up the other day because I saw Ethan Wolf post something you know Wolf Nutrition yeah he posted something and I'm like I wrote I wrote something like this the other day that I screenshotted it was just like the nutrition is the king protein is the queen and what was it something was the king's jewels muscle is the king's jewels or something like but that that's the thing it's like food is the king's jewels you can eat the you, yeah um it's <laughs> walking more there's training for muscle that didn't work out. i think i get what you're saying though. <laughs> yeah that did not work out right but it paints a really good picture and it, yeah it's it's married yeah. to find your bottleneck and well, especially if you're bottled, like, let's just say you're like, so I've seen this before. It's like, oh, I'm a foodie or I like food and stuff. It's like, that's fine. Like, then here's your options. Like, this is where science is helpful. And like, you can know the complicated nature of it, but you can also be simple. It's like, if you're refusing to not eat less, here's your fucking options. You have to walk more, you have to lift, or you have to do both. Or what I, I use lift, but exercise, like, or you have to do both. Otherwise, there's like no other answer. Or you just eat less. Or if you like to eat out, you know what? especially we'll talk the small female thing. You get to eat that meal only. That's all you get to eat today. Are you going to be able to do that? Yeah, probably not. Like maybe like once, but like, so it's just like, it's just like, there's a list of options here. If you want to be objective and like, here's, here's, here's your options. And so pick one. And then they're like, well, I want to do all of them. And like, oh, you can't like, you, <laughs> well, maybe you could do all of them, but like, you're like, I just don't want to change anything and eat out all the time. It's like, yeah, that's not like, <laughs> it's not oh. happening. There's, I wanted to find this meme that you put up and I found it. So he has it. You know that how like whisper sweet nothing's in my ear meme? There's one that says, I eat way more calories than you because I'm not sedentary. And yeah. It, it's it's just the truth. It, like it's it's it sucks. It doesn't even suck. It's like 
and you know it because you walk a lot but a lot of times like and here's like a thing if you, if you have someone that's like ah oh, that doesn't like it's stupid and stuff i don't have time it's like, a lot of times i equate like walking to memories outside of the treadmill work thing like most of the time when people are active like i see it a lot on vacations like well i got like twenty thousand steps on vacation like a lot of times walking is memories it's not just you sitting there walking by yourself usually with someone or with your kid or with people doing stuff it's like so a lot of the times like it's just you being more out there and like it's you don't get that if you're if you're sitting on a chair like all the situations where we're sitting what are they well, we're sitting on our office chair we're sitting on our couch or sitting in bed and so like those aren't very social activities a lot of times. And so like we're playing video games or whatever. Right. And so it's it's it is an environment problem. But like there's a lot of good things coming with walking, whether it's socially or like said, physiologically or how you feel and all this shit. So it's like there's an endless amount of benefits. So it's good for you. And you can say that you could list off literally everything. The only negative is if you walk too much, do jujitsu, you get sick. Well, if you don't do that, like, not many people fall in that category. And so like, it's an easy, I think it's an easy sell. I actually doubt now why, like it's, it's even disputed at this point, but whatever. That's, that's actually the best way to sum it up. It's figure out what your bottleneck is and realize that there are those three tools. There's building your muscle, there's moving more, there's food. And the biggest thing of all though, to add to that is recovery, because if you're not recovering enough, then it, the, the, there's no point because you're not going to be able to actually build muscle effectively. You're not going to burn carbs effectively. You're not going to burn fat effectively because your body is in a stressed out state. When your body is stressed out, it ain't going to be doing jack shit because it's in that's the bottleneck. And like, but it, you know what? That's probably the best problem to have. And in, 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 when I look at it from a coach or even from my perspective, it's like, then you just tweak something. It's like, your problem is you do too much. It's like, you know, when you get asked, like, what's the, what's your, um, <laughs> like, you go for a job interview. They're like, what's, what's something that you could work Herbal on? Qualified. You know, I, work, I, I do, I work, I work way too hard. And they're like, but like, so you turn a negative into a positive. You can actually turn that one into positive because you just have to reduce something at that point and find out now what can you pull back from i would rather that person than the person who doesn't want to do anything any, any day of the week if i was to pick those two i'd pick the person who's like a little crazy and we'll just dial down the crazy a little bit. That, that's actually funny because i just had that conversation right before you dropped, jumped on with one of my girls she's just like can you give me a workout to do from home and I'm like how about you just chill today like do your do your yang activity like sometimes the hard work is actually chilling the fuck out like <laughs> it's yeah. It's like doing less and like, that's a good problem to have. Now it's obviously it's going to be hard to convince someone of that, but um, it's, like there is a breaking point and you probably reached it too. So it's just like, once you go there, you probably want to go there again. So it's, it's all right. But some people are masochists. So there's, there's that problem. <laughs> I love that. This podcast has been so full of jewels. I think you should listen to it twice and take some notes because I think it will benefit a lot of you because I know everyone here loves food. Everyone on here once the lowest cost thing that they can do to improve not only their life, live longer, but actually be able to eat more food, enjoy more social events, be able to eat a donut in the ocean, not have to buy a whole new freaking fishbowl because you broke the side of the glass and just have a higher quality life, like energy, like happier, all this stuff that comes with an abundance model. Ditch the freaking restrictive mindset and embrace a life of, of actually living more. It's not doing more. It's living more. It's your mindset that makes it feel like, oh, I have to do more. No, it's not doing more. It's living more. 
flip your mindset, change your life, walk more, walk.more.king with an app before it is Dean's hashtag. I double checked it. I have it open now so I get it correct. <laughs> Kings are like quiet, so that's why I was like, I don't remember what I said. I, I really liked the Be More Amish one, but then I was just like, yeah, but I don't want to look like them. So I, I kind of- uh, and, and so my wife taught me, it's cultural appropriation. And so it's, it was, she's like, hey, like, it, that could be bad. I'm like, is it? And then I was like, yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> so like, I'm just going to, no one's going to get mad at Walkmore King. So was, now I want to change it to King Walkmore because it sounds actually like a, 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 a last name. So I might change it again, but we'll see. I'm going to put it down below anyway, but when, yeah. when it comes I'm out. I'm not changing it again too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, when this comes out, I'll be tagging Dean anyway, but go check out his memes because they're pretty, they're pretty damn like get in your face, get off your ass and walk more. But listen to this podcast because like even twice over, because it actually has context to everything that he's saying, because not every message is for you. I need to put that caveat here again. Not every message is for you. Make sure you figure out what your bottleneck is. Walk more. Make sure that you actually build muscle first. Be in a place for fat loss first if that's your focus. But stop focusing on fat loss 24-7, 365. Do you have any lasting words? No, walk more. Yeah. Walk, walk more is better than eating less. Yeah. yeah, walk more is better than eat less. I like that caption. And thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate this because Spotify has it now. Let me know what you gathered from this podcast because I love actually getting your little tidbits from everything that I put out and knowing that it impacted you in some way and that you don't really have to bust your ass to the wall on 1,200 calories a day and you actually get to live a fuller life, thriving, not surviving. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Dean.